This podcast of Central Indiana Today is brought to you by Figment 2 McDonald's. Stop by any of their stores in Avon, Brownsburg, Danville, Speedway, and 10th Street, next to Ben Davis High School, for great specials, including the two for $2.50 and two for $5. They also have all-day breakfast items, which now include biscuits and McGriddles. And coming soon to the Danville location, Wednesdays will be family night. Figment 2 McDonald's is a proud supporter of Central Indiana Today and WYRZ 98.9. Hello, this is Kevin Kersey of the Kevin Kersey Agency. The Kevin Kersey Insurance Agency, a member of the Farmers Insurance Group, can help you with your home, life, auto, or business needs. We are located at 701 North Green Street in Brownsburg, and our phone number is 317-286-3481. We can also be found on Facebook at the Kevin Kersey Agency or at our website, www.farmersagent.com forward slash kkersey. Indiana Family Dentistry is located at 505 North Green Street in Brownsburg. Dr. Will Hine practices general and cosmetic dentistry with services ranging from veneers and whitening to implants and complete smile restorations. Indiana Family Dentistry's phone number is 852-5999 and website is infamilydentistry.com. Indiana Family Dentistry is a proud supporter of Hendricks County and Community Radio. This is Donald James of Impact Youth Mentoring. Impact Youth is a not-for-profit mentoring organization providing mentoring services to the children of Hendricks County. We pair mentors ages 16 and older with youth in Hendricks County. Over the past five years, we have been able to impact over 120 children through our mentoring and tutoring programs. Information about becoming a mentor or finding a mentor for a child can be found at impactyouthmentoring.org or via email at impactyouth1010 at gmail.com. The UPS Store Brownsburg is located at 124 East Northfield Drive in Brownsburg. Their phone number is 858-1422. The UPS Store Brownsburg can handle your printing needs, including color, large format, and business cards. They also do blueprints, mailers, and invitations. Thanks to owner Tom Reese and all the folks at the UPS Store Brownsburg for supporting community radio in Hendricks County. The Kevin Kersey Agency presents Central Indiana Today on 98.9 WYRZ. Today's program is made possible by the Kevin Kersey Agency, 701 North Green Street in Brownsburg. And now here's your host, Rob Kendall. Welcome into another edition of Central Indiana Today here on 98.9 WYRZ. I'm Rob Kendall. Thanks for joining us on the program today. In just a little bit, we're going to speak with Shay Smock. She's the former MC for the Indianapolis Indians. We're going to talk about life working with the tribe. And now she's doing a really great video blog designed for uh, students that are looking at attending law school and sort of going through the ins and outs of that. That conversation in just a little bit, but first, we chat with our good friend Scott Pollard, former star for the Indiana Pacers. Had a chance to talk with Scott a little bit about the uh, start to the NBA season, plus that big LeBron uh, no-show uh, in Indianapolis the other night. Here's that conversation. Scott, how's it going? Fantastic. By the time we're taping this, the record will be a little bit different, but the Pacers 6-6. Six and six. Curious to get your thoughts on the, uh, the start of the 2016-17 season for them. Well, I saw the first home game, uh, and uh, they looked really good against the Dallas Mavericks. Um, Miles Turner is, is coming of age, and and, and uh, you know, and, and he off the court, he's, a, he's an incredibly mature young man, and he's uh, 
for, for 20 years old. I know a lot of people around town have been saying it for 20 years old. He's, he's a remarkable young man. And, and for any age, he's a remarkable young man. So, uh, that, that is a great, great story right there. Just because it doesn't always happen in professional sports where a, a great player is also a great man. Uh, so, uh, I think people need to, to, to highlight that part of his personality as well as, uh, what he does on the basketball court. But, uh, you know, um, the the team as a whole, um, I, I think they're having trouble adjusting to the new style. They're they're trying to play an up tempo style. I personally don't think it behooves Paul George. Uh, I think that Paul George does better in a half court offense and not the run uh, and, and fast break. Um, we'll see how that plays out. Uh, so far, it doesn't seem to be uh, doing too well for for the superstar of the, of the Indiana Pacers, and um, it, it's something that it's probably either going to slow the style down uh, or Paul George is not going to be around. I, I don't, I'm, I'm not trying to start any trade rumors or anything like that. Cause I don't know anything. I, I haven't, I haven't even seen all of the games, uh, but from what I have seen of the Patriots this season, uh, the, the conflict of style uh, between what has been successful for Paul George individually and what could be successful for the, for the Pacers as a franchise uh, or for this roster anyway, besides Paul George, don't seem to uh, mix with each other. I'm curious, do you like going to, to NBA games? Do you enjoy still being there? Uh, I, it's funny. Um, I, I enjoy the, the game. Um, but, but, uh, you know, as I, as I sit in different arenas, um, you know, talking with the fans and, and talking with, uh, Various other people that I, that I used to interact with or work with or whoever, what it is, you know, whether it's referees, if I'm sitting close to the court or if I'm up in the uh, higher up and just talking with fans, um, you know, it, 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 I, I like now it's more of a social situation for me. I, I'm, I'm not watching the game as closely uh, for um, analytical purposes because I, I get that real quick. You know, I watch that the game part and then the rest of the time I'm just sitting there. Uh, really observing how people are enjoying the game. Are people really uh, as big a fan in, in this arena or that arena or this city or that city uh, as, as compared to others? So for me, it's more of a, a observing the social interaction of it and, and uh, what what people do, what people enjoy uh, in, the, in the NBA experience. I don't really... I, I would never be a season ticket holder, that's for sure, if that's what you're asking. But, um, I mean, are you fun to watch a game with? Because, you know, when I interview professional athletes, I always ask them because some are so analytical. Some of them are just like, yeah, I just go for fun. This guy to be cool to hang out with. What sort of guy are you at the, at the basketball game? Oh, I'm just hanging out. Uh, <laughs> I'm not going to get all uh, bent out of shape if, if uh, the team I'm watching is, is not playing well. I, I'll pick them apart. I'll absolutely sit there and say, well, they're doing this wrong, they're doing that wrong, and the other team is exploiting it, and, and this coach is absolutely out-coaching the other coach. Uh, I will, I'll pick that apart, but it doesn't affect my mood. I'm, I, again, I'm there for more of a social uh, experience. I enjoy watching it. I, I, uh, you know, A lot of times, teams I've played on both teams are playing against each other, you know, so right. I'm not going to take one side, to, uh, one, start rooting for one team over the other if I played for both of them. Uh, our, guest is, our guest is former NBA and Pacers star Scott Pollard. You're so funny on Twitter, and you're so good at sizing up what's going on uh, in the NBA. Do you, do you ever have a desire to get into coaching as a, as a full-time deal? 
Uh, I, I wouldn't turn it down. I just nobody's really approached me about it. Um, you know, it's it's funny. One of the things that kept me in the NBA longer than maybe I should have been in the NBA is one of the things that uh, is possibly deterring my my association with the NBA uh, at this point, and it's it's my personality. I, I'm uh, there are still uh, even in the NBA circle, which is funny. A lot of people that think I'm uh, this this crazy guy that's all wild, and, and uh, uh, the Pacers organization is one of them. That they're, they're, they're they were worried about me, and and uh, really put me through the paces before I got hired to be uh, the commentator before and after games for Fox Sports and, and doing some radio for them as well. Um, you know, I, I do have a great uh, wide array of things that I'm, I'm willing to say, and, and I'm not afraid to say the truth uh, as I see it. And I think that scares some people. Um, but uh, at the same time, uh, I'm a hard worker, and, and I'm, I'm a guy that makes sure that I follow the rules and thing is uh, for what the, keeps me doing that job, whether it's playing in the NBA or being a commentator or being a coach. So uh, I, I wonder if, if that kind of reputation has, has hindered my ability to get into uh, or back into the, the NBA. But, um, you know, coaching is a, is a full-time job, and it's more than a full-time job. They, they have the, the hours are, are difficult when they're home, and then they're also on the road with the team. And so uh, being a family guy uh, first, uh, it's it's uh, something that would I, I would definitely consider it if I was offered a job, but uh, something I would abs- actively pursue. I think uh, commentating is a little bit more in my wheelhouse because uh, when you're at home, uh, you, you don't have the the hours that a head coach or an assistant coach has watching film and all that kind of stuff. So you get to just watch the game and, and commentate on it, and then you go home. So LeBron comes to town, and I'm sure people bought their tickets and paid premium for tickets. They're the champ. LeBron's here. He takes a squat on the bench. And what are your thoughts on that? Ultimately, this is still a free country. Everybody has the ability to do whatever they want to do. <laughs> but um, I, I've always hated that. I, I, I look back in, in the history of the game, and, and you never heard about Michael Jordan taking a night off. You never heard about even Shaquille O'Neal taking a night off unless he was injured of some sort. You know, it was, hey, Shaq's got something that's really bothering him, so he's going to take a night off. But you know, this is a new trend uh, for for this this NBA uh, that's that's different. Uh, people resting people, and I think as much as I love Greg Popovich, I, I think that he might be the guy that started this. The, the idea of hey, these older players play lots of minutes. I don't know what that's like. I never played starter minutes for a consistent uh, time periods. I started less than 100 games in my career, and I played 40 something minutes maybe once or twice in my career. So I don't, I'm not sitting here saying oh they shouldn't do it. I'm just saying it's a trend now that used to not exist, and uh, I don't like it. But I I, uh, I can't speak from experience on it. It's just as a fan or as somebody watching, uh, I don't think it's fair to the fans because you do pay premium uh, dollars to come see the the certain teams play and certain stars play as a as a even as an opposing fan. You know the the people here in the Pacers they're not dying to see the Cavaliers play, but they certainly want to see. LeBron James play. They certainly want to see Kevin Durant play. They certainly want to see these these marquee players, and and they get to town and all of a sudden it's like, oh, they're not playing. I just spent five hundred dollars to take my kids to a basketball game, and the guy I came to see is playing. I can see how the fans would be upset. Is it sort of an insult to the city too to say, hey, you're not really important enough for me to get out there and play? 
Ah, there's 82 games. There's you can pick your battles. You, you can say that about any number of, of NBA teams. When when uh, you're you're the favorite in your conference, you can say, okay, well, when when I go to this team, I'm not going to play. When I go to that team, I'm going to take a rest. Or it's a back-to-back schedule. So uh, I wouldn't say that he's directly looking at Indiana, going, oh, well, that's an easy win. I'm going to sit that one out. And I'm insulting Indiana. I think it's more of a, a, a scheduling thing and back-to-backs. Uh, and and how his body is feeling. I, I, obviously, you know, if, it, if it's a tight race towards the end of the season and, and uh, Indiana's up there with him, uh, the Cavaliers, and and things are tight in the race, of course he's going to play that game and maybe take off a, a different game against another team that's not in the running, uh, not in the playoffs. But uh, if it's early in the season, <laughs> why do you need rest? <laughs> like, <laughs> it's, it's, it's still November. We just started. Here you rested. You're like, whoa, what's wrong with your body, man? Um, that's that's the, the more of it. What I get into is like, if it's April, I get it. You know, maybe uh, hey, we're playing against the the, the the blah blah blahs, and they're completely out of the playoffs, and we've locked up our spot. We can't get any better. We can't get any worse. Yeah, I, I can see it then, but it's November. This is uh, former NBA and Pacers star Scott Pollard. I'm curious if, let's say, a superstar, when you were playing, had done this, you're a guy that liked to talk, would you have let him know about your displeasure that he wasn't playing? Oh, yeah, of course. I, I'd, I'd walk by the bench and say, oh, you're scared of me, huh? You know, <laughs> if Jack had taken a rest, uh, well, you know, back when he was in his prime and I was in my prime and I was doing my best to try to slow him down, uh, and he would, he had taken a, 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 a a game off in November, especially, uh, I, I would definitely make sure that Shaq heard about it. And we talk to each other all the time. And he's a great guy. I really like Shaq. But we talk to each other on the court a little bit. And, um, you know, it, it, again, that's I don't know how if that goes on anymore. I don't know if guys are, you know, as much as they're hugging before and after every game, I don't know that guys talk crap to each other anymore. I, and I don't know if the, uh, the, the competitiveness is the same. I'm not saying there isn't any. I'm just saying it might be a little different than it used to be because there was a little more animosity in my day and definitely before my day. And there, you know, there used to be before the NBA was on TV, there were fist fights all the time in NBA games. They just don't have them now because they're always on TV and they can't. I am curious, you mentioned Greg Popovich. Uh, your thoughts, he's been very outspoken about politics and about Donald Trump. Are you surprised? It comes from players sometimes, but you rarely hear it from coaches. Are you surprised about how outspoken he's been? I'm surprised about how spoken he's been, but um, that is just a, a mark of somebody that is very comfortable where he is and that he, he, he doesn't need a job anymore. He's nearing the end. He, he's the longest tenured NBA coach. I'm not saying he's old, but he is. He could retire tomorrow and be just fine, uh, certainly financially, but also uh, based on what he's accomplished in his NBA career. Um, and, and so... Once you get to the stage of life where you, you give zero, um, <laughs> uh, then then you're, you're, you can be a little bit more outspoken because a younger coach, a guy that's got two or three years in the league, is not going to come out and take a stance like that for fear of being fired and, and, and blacklisted. But Popovich does not have that concern. Even if the Spurs said, hey, whoa, whoa, we can't handle your politics, you're fired. Any other team in the NBA would probably snap up and say, hey, man, we'll take you and your politics. <laughs> <It's a great laughs> 
Are you surprised about Cuban, too? I mean, because you would think NBA owners would tend to be more Republican guys, but uh, some, some big shots the, the president-elect from the NBA people. Well, I, in Cuban's case, and I like Mark Cuban, I wanted to play for the Mavericks earlier in my career. Uh, you know, uh, in, in his case, though, it's almost like a, a reality TV star grudge. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> Maybe maybe Cubes is like, oh shoot, I should have run for president. I was on a reality TV show, or I am on one, or whatever. You know, like I guess if he's qualified, I'm qualified. I've got more money than him, and I've got you know. To, to me, with with Cuban, it seems more of a comp- competitive thing, uh, and and he's just he's just talking crap. Uh, I want to close with this, Scott? The Jayhawks had an interesting start. Lose to IU, beat Duke. Your thoughts on the uh, early college basketball season? Well, the the greatest coaches and the greatest programs uh, tend to challenge themselves in the preseason. You 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 don't want to go play for a school or or coach at school that's going to schedule cupcakes in the preseason. You want to you want to play and and challenge your team and and test your team early in the season because you're planning on playing later in the season. After the season's over, you want to be playing in the postseason and, and uh, schedule these tough other teams kind of playing late. Scott, you're wonderful. We love you. Uh, again, where can people follow you? You're so funny on social media. Tell us where we can follow you at. Oh, I'm at ScottPollard31. Uh, well, that's the Twitter. It's 1P, though. It's at ScottPollard31. 1P. That was former Indiana Pacer Scott Pollard. Great guy. Always a pleasure to speak with. Keeping the show rolling now, on to our second guest this evening. Her name is Shay Smock. She is the former MC for the Indianapolis Indians and is now currently doing a video blog to help prospective law school students decide whether it's maybe something that they want to do. It's really interesting. She's doing great work. Had a chance to sit down and uh, talk with Shay the other day. Here's that conversation. On the program today, we are going to speak with somebody who was well-known here in central Indiana, did some great work, is back here in the Hoosier State. She is a media expert, a media darling. She's so wonderful. Shay Smock, how are you doing? I'm doing well, thank you. How are you? I'm doing great. Now, people will remember you for years. You were the uh, MC for the Indianapolis Indians. Yes. You were the pretty face that gave away (laughs) things, interviewed people, were on the big jumbotron at Victory Field. I've got to ask you, what is it like to have gone to work every day at Victory Field? Oh my gosh. It was so fun, especially as someone who was not crazy about sports. I like to play them, but I didn't care so much about who was going to win or lose. And that was what was great about my job. (laughs) I mean, already in baseball, when they're playing 150 games, it's not a huge loss if you lose one. But with the fans there and the tickets were so cheap that it was really everyone could come. Now, I've got to ask you, because the Indians are so interesting for years and years and years. The Razor Shines, those guys were part of the Indianapolis Indians. It was a... uh, it was such a people lived and died with whether the Indians whether they won or lost. But because of the way baseball's changed, guys come up, guys come down, guys move back and forth so much. In a strange way, people didn't really care whether they won or lost. It was the experience of going to the ball game. Oh yeah, and getting to see people before they're big. Right, absolutely That's exciting. Now, how did you get that job? One of my favorite professors, he had started a contract with the Indianapolis Indians and hired in students to work with him. So uh, I replaced Zach Duke's current wife. She was moving to Pittsburgh to get married and now, did you get graduating. to marry a ball player too? Uh, not yet. I mean, I guess, <laughs> I guess there's still time, but I mostly wanted the job. Yeah. <laughs> I, I didn't know who any of the players so were. So you went to Butler? I went to Butler, yes. Yeah. 
Now, and we were talking before we went on the air, I will always have a fondness for the Indians because my first job in radio was, uh, my first really full-time job was as a producer for the Indians, mm-hmm. which was piggybacked off being the producer for Butler's football and basketball team. So uh, I feel like our paths sort of crossed. Yes. At the, at the, we, we weren't there at the same time, but we sort of have this fraternal uh, fraternal uh, bonding you know, over the we Indians. We were only a few years apart. <laughs> now, so they, do you have to audition for this? or? Yes, it was sort of, I have some one for you and then I did go in and do kind of a mic check and practiced a few times and got along well with the people who would be my boss so so take us through what a day is like because I know like Howard Kelman the voice of the Indians he's there at like 7 a.m. and and is there all day what was a day like for you well I'm more of a game day employee when I was there so (laughs) I would stroll in 10 to 15 minutes before the national anthem (laughs) I would chit chat with some people meet the child that was going to be the play ball kid and walk down and just sort of wait Right. So I didn't get there too early. And then I had my schedule and some interns would pick people to play the games with me. And I got to mostly just spend time watching the game besides my, you know, it's hurry up and wait. So now I always admire people to do what you do because it's so unscripted. Like here, I get to send you a message and say, hey, you're very interesting. Would you like to be on the show? I know about you. I can learn about you. You sit down. We start talking. You're meeting random people for the first time and I'm curious did you ever get some ones where you're like "Ooh, this person's just not cooperating with me yes well especially at a baseball game when it's going into extra innings <laughs> or it's a day when no one had to go to work they can be unruly a yes. little bit or just excited sometimes we would go down into the dugouts and they'd be being really loud so we just got rid of that but right. It was when you're the one holding the microphone, never give that up. Yes. Great point. (laughs) Great point. Never give up the microphone. Again, I guess this is Shay Smock. She is the former MC for the Indians. She's doing a really cool video blog now that we're going to talk about. Um, So, and and we'll kind of come back to the Indians, but I did want to ask you this. Um, You're dealing with people who have been drinking all day. Mm -hmm. Was there, did you have to like sort of size people up like, this might not be a good person to to interview, right? Oh, yes. There were many times that an intern would pick someone and I would say no. We're going to pick somebody else. And it's fine because I could just tell them, you've been drinking too much. Go sit down. And they would. I mean, it's either either listen to me or we'll have you thrown out. So that's uh, that's so uh, that's so excellent. So I want to come back to that in a little bit. But you are now uh, you a lot of people, you know, they start in minor league baseball and they they pursue a career in media. You probably definitely could have done that. You were very talented. You were very good. Um, Why did you decide not to pursue a career in media? Well, I think part of it was all of my real was sports. I wanted to do news. Yeah. I had, you want to be a newscaster? Yes. Okay. And when I graduated at 22. <laughs> you the, got out of Butler at 22. Yes. See, that's really impressive because I struggled to get out of IUPUI at 24. So I'm really <laughs> impressed that you made it through a very tough school at 22. Well, that is sometimes, they, they do call it tough. A lot of times the hard part's getting in. Right. And then after that, it's it's not so hard. Now, you were telling me, though, you have a PhD, which also is very impressive. Yes. I ver- barely have a D, which is a degree. <laughs> uh, but you have a PhD in, is it communications? Yes, communication research and theory and a master's degree in media and communication studies. And you wrote your, you said you wrote your dissertation on Citizens United? Yes. Is that right? Can you tell us a little bit about that? I realize I'm hitting you with that, but that's very interesting to me. Thank you. Uh, most people have never heard of it. So oh, yeah. Well, I obviously in the political realm, that's a huge it's a deal one, for right? us. I was watching, I think it was Colbert and Jon Stewart, and even Jon Stewart sort of made light of, oh, what, corporations now have an influence on elections? This is big news. And I thought, if even he is acting like this isn't a huge deal, 
I wonder what the rest of the media is saying about it. So I decided to do kind of a political economic analysis of news media, which is, you know, their goal is to make money, produce audiences, give them something that they'll watch so that advertisers will pay them more money. And having the power of we'll charge, you know, you have to get a candidate the lowest rate, but you can charge a super PAC absolutely anything. Now, 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 let's talk about that for a second. God, I said we weren't going to do politics today, but here we are. Because I was like, like, I've got this wonderfully talented woman coming in. She's got this great background. I don't have to talk politics for a day, but here we are. We're talking politics. (laughs) Anyway, uh, let's talk about that for a second. Mm -hmm. Is it interesting to you that, because you hit on something that most people have no idea. When a candidate asks for media time, you have to give them what they call the lowest rate. Right. But a PAC, a political action committee, you can charge them whatever you want. That's fascinating to me. Yes. What did you learn in your research of that? Mostly what I learned is that the media sort of let whatever the super PACs were saying determine the conversation around the election. Right. And that would be less of a problem if a super PAC were just you. Yeah. Or But when it's Walmart saying yeah. we're citizens for better tax policies. Sure, right, right, <laughs> or right. Or better health care. Because there's everything under the sun now as a PAC. They're yes. basically glorified money laundering rates. Exactly. Because right. we have no idea where the money has actually right. come from. It does seem like across the board, people are generally against that. That's something everyone can sort of agree on. Right. But it's become partisan because it does, I wouldn't even say it's, it's hard to say even if it's benefiting one side more than the other at this point. It's benefiting both sides if right. they're willing to accept it. And I think it's troubling yes it, it is they should just let they should just let people give directly to the candidate that way we know where the money's coming from anyway i'm mm-hmm. really sorry we had to go into politics but that's just fascinating you told me you wrote your dissertation on that yes. you never do not ever open a door for me or I will, a political door and i will run right through it um so i'm curious you go back to you you had this great career in, in sports broadcasting you were seen every night by thousands of people mm-hmm. you probably could have been like many of these other very talented young ladies who have parlayed them into careers in television and whatnot, you decided to to go a different route. Why did you do that? Well, the offers I was getting were sports, even though I was directly applying for news jobs. I was, right. They were calling me in and saying, oh, you could do sports. And if I had that passion, which unfortunately so many women that I was at Butler did, and I don't think wound up going into sports broadcasting because they didn't have that path already right. laid out for them. And I felt almost like guilty about it but right I knew I wasn't going to be happy and even if it was because was you didn't like sports it's I didn't feel like it was a good use of what I'd worked right in school you right. know because school and my internships were pretty separate right and I thought I would be selling sports fans short first of all because I don't know anything about sports and I'd be another one of those blondes you see where they're like oh I know why she got the job and that would exactly be right in my case okay so I was going to ask you this does that bother you that there's a there there are a lot of uh women on television um who might not be exactly very knowledgeable about sports. You take your broadcasting very seriously. Does that bother you that those people are in that position? Not at all. I think that if they're getting it wrong, it it might not have anything to do with not having the passion for it like me. It might just be... I didn't get to play this sport growing up. Right. I don't know it as well. I, this isn't a religion to me. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so I, you literally looked at the Indians like a job. It was just a job. Yeah. It was a no very difference. fun one. Yes, absolutely. Now, um, so so the, you wanted to do news. You wanted yes. to be like uh, like uh, Ron, Ron uh, a professional Ron Burgundy. Yes. Yeah. You Diane to, Sawyer. You're, right. Yes. Absolutely. So you wanted to do interviews mm-hmm. and that sort of thing. You surely could have done that, though, right? I mean, you sh- there surely would have been an opportunity for someone as talented as you. I also didn't really want to move to like Paducah. Right. Because that's <laughs> where you've start, got to start. You do. You start so small, at like fourteen thousand dollars a year, and right. when you're looking at, oh, I just paid for a Butler education. <laughs> 
<laughs> how many years is it going to take before I can eat dinner? Right, absolutely. <laughs> so I did, I asked for a kind of advisement from my professors and since school had been easy for me, they said, maybe you should go to graduate school and it luckily wasn't too late. I took the GRE and a few months later I was at Florida State. Yeah, so you went to Florida State, another nice institute. Weather is nicer at Florida State yes. than Butler, right? <laughs> what, uh, what about Florida State com- was, uh, was compelling to you? They were the only place that had everything I wanted to study. I wanted to do critical media studies and also gender studies. They had both of it. And then they also offered full tuition if you taught, which was... Oh, that's cool. Really sunk it. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> yes. Yeah, free college, right? <laughs> right. Here is Shay Smock. She is a former MC for the in- Indianapolis Indians, currently doing a, uh, a law blog, a video blog to help aspiring law students. So let's talk about that. You're back here in Indiana. Yes. You're in beautiful Bloomington, mm-hmm. a Hoosier country. That's right. So you've been, a, you've been a bulldog. You've been a Seminole. Seminole, and now you're a Hoosier. Yes. Tell us about what you're doing at IU. I love being in Bloomington. Actually, if I had visited IU, it would have been a really tough decision between Butler and IU. Because right, it is really. so beautiful and everyone's so nice. Now, I will tell you, Butler is for the smart kids because like IU <laughs> let me in, you know. So it, the kid, you know, I think you probably ended up making the right choice, right? I think I think everything works out worked out just how it was supposed to. But the law school at at IU is amazing. It's good. Yes, and I knew that luckily that was my first choice. So when you get into your first choice, you just go. Sure, yeah. <laughs> and I went sort of another one of my whims like this the jobs that are coming to me aren't exactly what I want and I've always said if I had unlimited money I would go to law school cool and why wait until I have unlimited right. money if I can just go right now right. nothing stops you don't even me. know if the world's gonna be here tomorrow very true so you're going to law school yes you're uh you still got a, you said like maybe a year year and a half left year to and go a half. and but you're you are contributing to society you're doing this really cool mm-hmm. video blog tell us about the video blog well when i was trying to decide if i wanted to go and you're from fairmont indiana i didn't know any lawyers who do i ask about this you know, right. my dad's a farmer my mom works in healthcare. she knows lawyers but i wouldn't say you know most people don't have the best experiences with right. lawyers right absolutely. so when you say someone oh i'm thinking about law school like oh don't do it it's not too late and i just had a hard time looking for information so I was looking through podcasts and there was a ton about the LSAT but very little about at least from a student perspective this is what it's like right so when I went to IU after I'd accepted I said I really would like to do a podcast about what it's like to go decide to go to law school and then to do it and they said go for it so they let me, and I documented my whole first year, and that's the first season. Where can we see this at? Well, it's on iTunes now. It's called Law School Revealed. Oh, that's exciting. Yes, and then the first three episodes, hopefully in the, by this time this airs, uh, the first three episodes and also my last episode will be posted in kind of a, a video ethnographic memoir style. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's you know, podcasts can be sometimes dry, but right. the video version of it, they'll be able to see me and... IU. And that's a huge bonus, right? <laughs> right, right yes. absolutely. Watch it, for that. <laughs> and they're also on YouTube. There's things on yes. YouTube as well. Now, what's the name of the people are thinking? Okay, I've got to search on iTunes for this. What is the name of it? Law School Revealed. And it's it's really fascinating. I, of course, will never be a lawyer. I just play one on television. <laughs> but it's I was watching and thinking this is really interesting. Um, this is a really interesting thing. And if I were an aspiring law student, I would really, really enjoy this because you go in a lot of the nuances of being in law school, I'm a general studies major, so it was like take a bunch of classes on TV and radio, mm-hmm. and you're through the you're through the loop. I imagine law school is a little bit more intense. 
It's very intense. And it's really, especially I thought I was for a period of time, like I had quit the podcast at one point because it does, it just breaks you down. Law school does. And it's hard to explain to somebody that's not in law school because it's not the most difficult thing I've ever done. You know, writing a dissertation was harder. I've read much more challenging things in graduate school, but it's, they call it a pressure cooker. Yes. And they are right. It is classes you didn't select for the first year. You don't get to pick your schedule. You have no idea who your professors are going to be. So you give up all of that control. Right. You can't work. <laughs> and there's no time to do that anyway. But you start to kind of feel everything that used to be you fall away because right. you're totally concentrated on just getting this reading done. And you look like an idiot if you didn't do it. Now, so. uh, my friend Jennifer Wagner, who I do Fox Fifty Nine with, mm-hmm. and she's a Democratic consultant. She went to law school with Todd Young, and I think I think it was I think they were at IU together. So I think they're at the same place that you were. And she was saying that it is very, IU Law School. That is a tough, tough, tough place to be. It is. Yes, everything that you... Are you like looking off the shoulder of the person next to you, or are they looking off your shoulder? I mean, you can't even. There's, <laughs> It is the long, written, four- to five-hour exams, and you would actually get kicked out of law school if any there was any suspicion of you ever cheating yeah, on anything. It's, it's very intense. Background checks before you can even apply. Right. And, so I'm curious, do you live on campus now, or what do you do? No. Okay. I, I am a little old to be living on campus. I'm four <laughs> miles from campus, which to people, that's like as far as you can get and right. still be inside of Bloomington. Right. <laughs> do you uh, do you still enjoy the university experience? I love it. I mean, I thought I wanted to be a professor for a while because I love that feeling so much. The beginning, there's so much hope, but then right. also students kind of go through their phases yeah. being so done with school and so excited with school. Yeah. Okay. So, and again, the name of the video blog is? Is Law School Revealed. Law School Revealed. Also. It's very it's great even if you're not a law school person they get to listen to you talk i mean that's all it, you should have you should have been a narrator you could be a, a audiobook narrator you do a great job thank you and i really enjoy doing it i'm hoping it'll be helpful even for people it's about any time you're going through something tough and right. you're trying to like find your spot in it uh, it's interesting, and I, I want to ask you this, because you do come back to Indianapolis quite a bit, and yes. I'm curious when you're walking around, do people ever, because they saw you, you know, thousands, hundreds of thousands, million people maybe every <laughs> year, saw you on a big jumbo board. Do people ever look at you and go, I, I know you from somewhere. You look very familiar. Yes, frequently. Do, do, do you really get that? Uh, yes, and then anyone at time I see someone with an Indian shirt on, and mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, Indians, they know who I am. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, that is fun. Do you ever have a desire now to go back into it are you like ah maybe maybe it wouldn't have been so bad maybe I should do this because you're still very young you still have all sorts of opportunities um I guess I wouldn't say no I mean I love media it's just not the path that I was on I didn't want to do sports right I'm very interested in politics I'm interested in somehow utilizing all of my degrees whether that's in some sort of activism or consulting role now I'm curious because you mentioned we're going to do it again. You mentioned the politics. Yes. I swore off after the election we were done, and that's all the show ends up being. I've tried but, to put my head in the, oh, in the I'm, sand. I'm curious so. how you would have covered the political election, not from a partisan standpoint, but if you'd have been doing news, would it have been a dream to have a Clinton and Trump to report on? I mean, to me, mm-hmm. it would have been just fabulous. Yes, actually, I think that would have been because the truth checking alone would have kept me very busy. That was always my favorite part of it is to say, well, they said this one sentence and this is what it would lead, you know, somebody who hates them and somebody who supports them to believe. And then, you know, the truth is four pages of research. (laughs) And I always thought that that was the most interesting part. Because once you go through the four pages of research, you understand why they just said that one sentence. Right. (laughs) And I'm curious why the media... We just had a guy on uh, on one of the Thursday. Talk, he was a, an expert in the original 4chan and uh, WikiLeaks and that sort of mm-hmm. thing. And he talked about why 
WikiLeaks dropped on Clinton and not Trump. Because you know there was a tre- treasure trove of right. Donald Trump stuff out there too. And he was saying because Clinton was in a position of power and her husband was a president and Trump's just a businessman and sort of anybody that he might have misled, it was pr- private versus public. Mm-hmm. Are you surprised at the way the anonymous media was able to report on Clinton so effectively and yet the traditional media was able to report on Trump. It was just a crazy year out there, wasn't it? It was crazy. And I think both of them were public figures for the past 20 years. So I don't know that there's a different standard if you're going to become president. It seems to me like maybe Julian Assange had something very personal against Hillary Clinton. Yeah, he was was out for blood. That's what upset me. But of course, if you were locked in the Ecuadorian embassy, (laughs) you might be unhappy too. Yes, but Trump's not going to get him out. No, no, he may be under the impression he is. I don't think Trump remembers his name anymore, though he was very happy on the campaign trail. I'm curious from a media perspective, do you believe we're in a new era with that now? Because, I mean, arguably some guy locked in an Ecuadorian embassy became mm-hmm. the most important figure in the world for, for a month or so. You know, that's a great... I'm in information security law right now. Oh, my goodness. And it is so interesting how what we've decided to do and the standards aren't really standards, but it is because it's so complicated. And honestly, I'm not sure it matters who our leadership is in most areas of law right. because the president's just who's representing us. Sure. And... I'm not sure we're going to see a lot of changes, but I think the rhetoric will be different. So I think people's perceptions will be a lot different about if we're hard on it or if we're, I would assume people are going to think we're going to be a lot harder. Well, and I'm I'm curious because I loved Trump because I felt like he was like the Heath Ledger character in Batman. (laughs) I felt like he was the politician America always deserved. I'm curious if you had been in the public spotlight, reporting on this, covering this, how you would have gone about trying to provide the information to people. Because like you said, it'll take you four pages Mm -hmm. to get one sentence from these people and in an hour and a half debate or an hour long press conference, there's no way to keep up with what these people are saying. I know. I had heard one one reporter said they had assigned 12 to look into Trump and it turned out it wasn't anywhere near enough <laughs> to spend their, their entire year trying to do fact-checking and research. Uh, I think you pick your battles and it's also really good to look with public opinion. I think law is usually 40 years behind public opinion. So what is it people are saying they're most concerned about right now? And then really dig in on the claims they're making on that specific issue instead of all of this extra stuff that if you're a supporter, you're not going to believe. And if you're against them, it's just more fuel to your fire of how terrible they are. I wanted to believe it all about both candidates. <laughs> I, I wanted to believe it all. You probably right. Well, so let <laughs> it's me, probably all true. Let me ask you this from a legal perspective. One of the big issues w- for every president, but especially for Donald Trump, will be who he appoints to the Supreme Court uh, as a Supreme Court justice. You will, in your law career, argue mm-hmm. in front of justices, I'm sure, at some point, maybe. Um, what should we look for in a judge? What is a good judge in America? I think being in law school has helped with that a lot because I would probably be terrified right now at the <laughs> prospect of new Supreme Court judges. But they are really, because they're unelected and they're appointed, right. and there's, it, they can he can appoint whoever he wants, and if he disagrees with their decisions, it makes no difference. Right. So... They do sort of have this own internal clock that they're guided by, which is never wanting to seem partisan, even though it always is somewhat partisan lines. But that's changing. Along. I mean, that's you see on both sides. Uh, yes. Scalia was very uh, was very out there on his side of the aisle, and then uh, Ginsburg, Ginsburg has been very out there. So that's really changing. Yes, but it's always been that middle person was the only one who really mattered. And there have been some great cases for we shouldn't appoint somebody. Let's have it be eight. 
and they still require a majority because it's, whoever's in the middle is always the only one who matters. Yeah, that's fascinating. Yes. So you you would not have a problem if we changed it to say, hey, let's leave it at eight and mm -hmm. we got to get a 5-3 decision to get a change. Yes, I think that, that there's a lot of... It's possible that that could be even better, right? Um, because they'd spend a little more time looking at things instead of if there happened to be, you know, there's five who are always going to be fiscally conservative and five who are always going to be, you know, socially liberal, right? So you know what's going to happen, and I think maybe if you took out that middle person and let them really duke it out on look as lawyers looking at we are unbiased, this is an objective. Right. Uh, I think we could come up with some better choices. But as far as who I would select for a Supreme Court justice would be somebody who really is guided by their own internal sense of justice and not trying to please anybody. I thought there was an interesting comment years ago by John Roberts during his confirmation. That was when I first started paying attention to politics. Bush was fascinating to me. And <laughs> I'm not a Bush fan, but he was very fascinating to me. Um, that Roberts said, justices should are umpires they should call balls and strikes they shouldn't play the game and i wonder if you from a legal perspective think that's a good guidepost for for ju justices yes i mean they're just supposed to interpret the law the law yeah, yeah. absolutely again our guest is shay smock uh former mc for the indianapolis indians uh does a great uh video blog now it's available on itunes for people that are considering going into law school maybe people in law school yes. again what's the name of the the video blog it's law school revealed itunes uh is great they're great for us we yes. love itunes we're <laughs> by the way we're on itunes as everybody knows you can download this right to your uh right to your iphone or, or uh ipad anytime you want so what's next for you what are you gonna do I well, hopefully I'll graduate. <laughs> I'm sure you'll. Do, I'm sure you'll get that done. No problem. I'm, I'm thinking about doing a second season of the podcast on new law, which is the future of law, and how a lot of people are confused about artificial intelligence and its role in everything, and what is really changing for the career and the profession. And I think they're positive changes. I think it's really people who are kind of entrenched in this whole partner, associate right. way you go through the ranks that are nervous about it. And I want to kind of assuage those fears. I'm curious how you decide what you're going to talk about, because that's a fascinating topic, and it's not something people would go, well, the three most compelling things currently facing law in America, but that's a really interesting topic. Well, how do you decide what you're going to cover on the video blogs? Well, I got lucky over the summer. I had an amazing job, and I did a tech lawyer accelerator program in Boulder, Colorado. You've and... lived everywhere. Yes. You've <laughs> literally lived everywhere. I've lived in like two places my whole life. You've lived everywhere. It's good to have one home and then travel a lot. Yeah. So uh, I loved it. And basically what they had were people from new law and tech innovative companies come in and talk to us and give us, we'd have like three or four every day would come in for an hour and we get to ask them questions about their area and their startup and how it was going to affect law. So I got to leave having, I think I learned more in that month about the profession than I did in the entire year prior because we're learning theory in law school, right? right? And then it's up to us to apply it correctly. Right. Uh, this was very practical and useful and I made contacts. So those are the people I'd love to interview to spread. Because I, when I talk about it, even to professors, oh, I'd love to do smart contracts. Some of them don't know what that is. Right. <laughs> it's fascinating too because you do such a good job with it, but people don't realize we sit down, we record, I've got it, I put it together. It still takes me about an hour, but that's no big deal. You, this thing is a very involved thing that you do. I was not planning for it to be <laughs> so involved. But you know, once you get started and then my perfectionism kicks in and I already noticed there are errors in my last episode, so I totally need to re-record right. it. Are you obsessed <laughs> with it? Because you do get obsessed with it, right? I do. And there are, there's a certain level of 
imperfection I'm comfortable with because right. I'm in law school right. <laughs> and right. I need to study still. So I won't fix every little error, but I do. I, I want to fix it 90%. I'm curious as someone as busy as you, do you have time for personal life? Because everything with you is motivated, going, doing. I'm curious, do you have time for a personal life? I do. I make time. Do I have time for like things like cleaning my house right. and doing the dishes? Not always. Right. So I, I pick my battles and I... I make sure I see my friends and my family and I'm lucky that I'm back in Indiana. Yeah. It's so much easier to see everyone that uh, I don't have a lot of spare time, but that's purposeful. I'm right. Very scheduled. And see, I feel very honored that we got you because you have so little spare time that we were able to get you on the show. Oh, I was so excited that somebody had seen or listened to and was interested enough. Well, Twitter's so <laughs> fascinating because I don't know how we became, whatever they call them on Twitter, but yes. uh, I was like... This stuff is really interesting. I started watching it and I said, I think our audience would really enjoy knowing about this because uh, it is fascinating. There's so many young people that say, am I going to go into law school? Am I, is this something I want to consider? And, and I think if you are an aspiring law school student, you should absolutely watch this, these video blogs. They're, they're great. I know nothing about law school and I was interested in them. <laughs> I mean, so again, as we wrap up here, tell everybody where they can find the video blog and, and, uh, and the contents of it. You can find Law School Revealed on iTunes, SoundCloud, and also YouTube. All of the episodes aren't up yet on YouTube, but they will be in the next few months. And the YouTube is a visual story, so you'll get to take it along with me. That's awesome. Hey, thank you so much for being our guest today. Thank you, Rob. I really appreciate it. Hey, don't forget, if you missed any part of today's conversation, it was a, it was a great one. We're going to have you on back. So you could be our legal analyst. How about oh, that? that? You could be our legal analyst. The right show, up my alley. The show <laughs> grows every day. It's so wonderful. You interviewed Donald Trump one time, and suddenly everybody thinks you're much better than you actually are. You're I don't famous. know. But you're now our legal analyst. Congratulations. <laughs> you're hired. Uh, don't forget, if you missed any part of our conversation today, you can check out the podcast anytime you want. Uh, we're on SoundCloud and iTunes now. Just search Central Indie. Indiana today. You can have the show downloaded right to your smartphone or tablet. Listen anytime you want. As always, the program presented by McDonald's. Until next time, I'm Rob Kendall saying have yourself a great evening. You've been listening to the Kevin Kersey Agency presents Central Indiana Today on 98.9 WYRZ. Made possible by the Kevin Kersey Agency, 701 North Green Street in Brownsburg. An archive of today's program can be heard at our website, wyrz.org. Tune in next time for another edition of the Kevin Kersey Agency presents Central Indiana Today with your host, Rob Kendall. This podcast of Central Indiana Today is brought to you by Figment 2 McDonald's. Stop by any of their stores in Avon, Brownsburg, Danville, Speedway, and 10th Street next to Ben Davis High School for great specials, including the two for $2.50 and two for $5.00. They also have all-day breakfast items, which now include biscuits and McGriddles. And coming soon to the Danville location, Wednesdays will be family night. Figment 2 McDonald's is a proud supporter of Central Indiana Today and WYRZ 98.9. Hello, this is Kevin Kersey. Since 1968, our family has been helping customers with their insurance needs. We provide insurance coverage for life, home, auto, and recreational vehicles. We are located at 701 North Green Street in Brownsburg, and our phone number is 317-286-3481. The Kevin Kersey Agency can also be found on Facebook at The Kevin Kersey Agency or at our website, www.farmersagent.com forward slash kkersey. The Kevin Kersey Agency is a proud member of the Farmers Insurance Group. The UPS Store Brownsburg is located at 124 East Northfield Drive in Brownsburg. Their phone number is 858-1422.
The UPS Store Brownsburg can handle your printing needs, including color, large format, and business cards. They also do blueprints, mailers, and invitations. Thanks to owner Tom Reese and all the folks at the UPS Store Brownsburg for supporting community radio in Hendricks County. This is Donald James of Impact Youth Mentoring. Impact Youth is a not-for-profit mentoring organization providing mentoring services to the children of Hendricks County. We pair mentors ages 16 and older with youth in Hendricks County. Over the past five years, we have been able to impact over 120 children through our mentoring and tutoring programs. Information about becoming a mentor or finding a mentor for a child can be found at impactyouthmentoring.org or via email at impactyouth1010 at gmail.com. Indiana Family Dentistry is located at 505 North Green Street in Brownsburg. Dr. Will Hine practices general and cosmetic dentistry with services ranging from veneers and whitening to implants and complete smile restorations. Indiana Family Dentistry's phone number is 852-5999 and website is infamilydentistry.com. Indiana Family Dentistry is a proud supporter of Hendricks County and Community Radio.